0: Night Talk with Oliver Dixon. 13 minutes after 10 p.m., you're listening to Night Talk. My name is Oliver Dixon. Thank you so much for your time this evening. I really, really do appreciate it. The South African Bee practice and code is an ever-changing policy. It's one that is ever-changing precisely because uh, the commission and the policymakers around it and lawmakers around it are trying to make it more efficient, more robust, more inclusive, Uh, and definitely more transformative. Has it become that, though? That is the contestation that many have had. The argument historically that you'll hear from the left, particularly from the Democratic Alliance, is that BE is a policy that should be done away with because it doesn't distribute opportunity fairly, equally, uh, and proportionally. More than that, it creates a black billionaire and black millionaire elite. Is that true? Do the numbers reflect that? Can we, from the data really tell what has been the impact of BEE. Certain sectors of society, particularly mining, has been incredibly vulnerable to some of these changes. But we also know that mining has been historically the most recalcitrant sector within our economy when it comes to transformation, when it comes to inclusion. It is an industry that many can describe as monopolistic. Many will even describe it as very specifically white monopolistic. Can BEE transform that? What really is the purpose of BEE? Mr. Matuna, who is the commissioner of the BEE Commission, joins us this evening. Uh, Mr. Matuna, thank you so much for your time. I really, really do appreciate it. We're also joined this evening by Hume uh, Scholes, who is the director of Milan Scholes Attorneys, Uh, and he practices exclusively in the field of mining. I want us to get a contextual outlay of BE as a practice, and then a little bit later on into the conversation, um, we're going to get into the specifics of mining. Um, and, and 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 what uh, the specific context is that it operates within because that's really where the conversation that we had the controversy that we had on the open line a couple of weeks ago was about Chinese nationals coming in and investing in mining and and really usurping space and power in that industry um i I, I, I do want you to participate in this conversation so give us a call the number is zero eight six triple zero two zero three two zero eight six triple zero two zero three two. Commissioner Matuna, good evening. Thank you so much for your time. Welcome to the show. Good evening. I know that you have recently become the BE commissioner um and 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 i say that because there's a new sense of energy and and ideas that you're bringing along but a lot of the questions that are going to be asked here <laughs> will speak to the historical context of of the commission and some of the the work that predates you being a commissioner but you had spent your time of course out at dti thinking about the mechanics and thinking about the the normative questions around be so i think you're you're well equipped for some of those historical questions as well Let's perhaps start with the most basic rudimentary question. A reminder why does the commission exist and why does the policy still exist? Uh, The basis
1: for the policy is that South Africa um, remains an unequal society and an unjust society. If you look at it from the point of view of um, access to opportunities, access to assets, um, to access, uh, successfully and effectively. Because of apartheid, the, the white people had um, the laws um, that supported them, that the institutions that supported them, the black people were denied all of that. So come democracy in 1994, we are starting a new country, but we're not fighting on the same level. Um, The black people are starting on a back foot on many, many, many levels. You look at education, you look at access to finance, assets that you can use as collateral, whereas the white people have this generations and generations of, of inherited wealth. That reality the Constitution recognized and advocated for redress equal human rights and that was going to require that there be some interventions inside the Constitution allows the state to take measures hence the Constitution allows the use for example of procurement state spending to address that imbalance but to lay the basis for other additional initiatives in law because we are a country based on the rule of law. Yeah. And so a law was created that allowed the state to intervene in the economy in favour of black people. Not against anybody, but in favour of of black people because of that history that I've I just recorded, so history is important. If we divorce what we're doing from history, then it's easy for anybody to say it's irrational.
0: Yeah. The question then uh, that that pans out of that is very specifically, has the code, has the law, has the tool, the mechanism, whatever you prefer to call it, that is BEE or triple BEE, has it been an effective tool of redress? Yes and no
1: the average the average entrepreneur now who is a supplier to a major corporation or supplier to a government to the state service provider would be would be able to have achieved that because of the policy because ordinarily um, the system is such that it prefers those who have the experience; those who ha- are in business have been doing business, and those are the white people. So, so, so yes, the the the, the I can point to numerous uh, examples of beneficiaries of the policy. Um, leave aside the fact that um, because of the the aspersions that are being increasingly thrown at the policy, many yeah. many beneficiaries of the of, of the policy don't want to to
0: be associated with it. To to, to be associated with it.
1: However, what happens with laws um, in any country um, is that um, either citizens who have a conscience uh, law-abiding will comply with it or the state will then be forced to enforce the, the law. So we have had a An experience since the onset of the law where we assume that we're a new country, we're well-meaning citizens, corporations want to build South Africa, they want to work with this new democracy, which is inclusive, and then they will do the right thing. But we know um, from experience now that actually um, it doesn't happen, so they don't comply, they circumvent, and so... um, the law is now challenged, and when we look at what the law, the, the powers of enforcement of the law, they are limited because it's, it's still <laughs> overwhelmingly um, based on the assumption that there will be will the will to, to, to comply, the will to do the right thing. So I think that um, there's still opportunities to, to, to use the law um, as it stands, but, but I think that you know, um, going forward, we'll have to examine, you know, how to uh, um, strengthen the law and so that it can strengthen enforcement.
0: Yeah. I, I want us to be a little bit direct here and, and not speak around the elephant in the room. The, the prevailing perception, at least, you know, amongst the average South African, is that BE, BEE has been a policy through which state corruption has been facilitated and fast-tracked. Is it fair, and does the data support it, that BE has been some sort of catalyst in the hands of nefarious business operators, very specifically those wanting to do business with the state?
1: Uh, no, I don't think it is fair to blame corruption on the policy. Corruption is corruption and must be dealt with, as such, and there is ample, ample legislation um, available to deal with um, corruption, so the fact that somebody out there uses the policy for corrupt purposes should not necessarily be blamed on the policy. Um, so, for example, you know you, you can see the auditing in the auditing profession for example in terms of that that legislation dealing with audits yeah um that there are lots of um kind of you know um dodgy auditors out there you know i i have had nobody saying that there's something wrong with the with the audit audit law and audit yeah. profession simply because you know some some auditors you know um so we must we, we must we must go out and find to corrupt and deal with them, um, and not let them drag a policy that means so much to the country and the black people who are still hoping to benefit from them, from it, to, to, to delegitimize and, 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 and discredit the, 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 the policy, as, as it were. Um, because actually what is required is that the poverty and the checks that need to be applied to determine whether somebody is worthy of of because remember that to get a to get a a, 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 a a tender it's it's not only the consideration is not only about your the color of your skin in fact that is a very small you know um, a, a portion of one, of the the criteria that um the state applies by law. Um, the state has to apply to look at other things, you know, to look at technical capacity, um, financial, where we are, and so on and so forth. And then, and then the, the considerations of your being belonging to uh, historically disadvantaged is only a portion of that. So, 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 so I think the the, the problem doesn't does not originate. In the policies itself, it's it's just that the policy is being used yeah. for nefarious purposes. So we must separate out the issues and not and not throw the baby with the bathwater, so to speak. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, perhaps then this bee is a policy born out of the law, and I want us to shift to the law for this part of the conversation now. It itself is a law that you can break and there are perpetrators who often do so. One common uh, transgression thereof is fronting. Explain to us how fronting works and how it is rooted out or how it's identified and what the sanction for it is.
1: I'm very glad that you bring that issue of fronting because typically those who engage in fronting practices are white people who abuse the, leg- the legislation and and circumvent the objectives of the legislation? But nobody, no, nobody is saying that they are corrupt. Nobody, nobody has said that the white people who engage in fronting are corrupt. So, so, I'm, and I'm, now we've gone, we've gone past the issue of corruption. Um, but you know, when now uh, white people engage. In illegal activity is not called c- corruption, or we call it fronting yeah but of course you know the there, 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 definition of fronting in the law, which is a form of corruption in my in my view is when you um use a black person for when window dressing when you have no intention whatsoever to actually um, benefit them or help them benefit from whatever the venture, the venture is. Yeah, um, and we see we see uh, that a lot of the complaints that come to the com- commission are uh, with people who sometimes they don't even know, you know, um, it's a gardener, you know, a, a domestic worker who is made to sign a document, um, and then they are then used um, for the benefit of whoever the perpetrator of the practice is and typically white companies do that so we yeah. still have that for now of course the legislation has has um pro- declared that a you an, an offense uh, in terms of the act um with penalties attached to it once we find that there is evidence of 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 hunting. um so we then um will um issue findings and then um if you don't remedy you know the, the, the offense by by means of making good what the supposed beneficiary deserves um by being included in a deal if you don't comply and redress then we then we refer you to law enforcement um which in this
0: case is um the African police and yeah how many how how common and how prevalent is fronting
1: um it is Still very much prevalent, and we see um, kind of more sophisticated forms of of it. For example, using trusts, um, because trust, the vehicle of trust is is allowed in the law for empowerment, for transferring benefits. Um, so sometimes trusts are used um, with with a purported beneficiaries who don't actually, in the end, benefit. Yeah. Um, um these are new forms of 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 of, of, of fronting but the, the 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 earlier you know um the one I was spoke, talking to um that um is still very much um um prevalent yeah. as well. Um and so the issue really is for people black people who fall foul of these practices to be made aware of that there's there's recourse in terms of the act. That's the work of education that we are continuously uh, doing and we need various um, partners um, to work with us in exposing this. And we do, for example, get um, uh, tip-offs um, from all um, sources, um, including the banks. Sometimes they see these other regulators like the Competition Commission, the companies and and intellectual pro- property commissions, SIPS, um, SARS. Um, they, they, when they, when they, when they see these, they do uh, bring it to our attention for us to act
0: on. Yeah, uh, Commissioner, the language of the act very specifically. I mean, it is called broad-based black economic empowerment. But when you go into the actual act, the language of it speaks of previously disadvantaged peoples, um, and that language is an almost all-encompassing language, in that it doesn't specifically only address the history and exclusion and disenfranchisement of black Africans. It takes uh, ethnic his- histography into context. Speak to us about that because that seems to be quite contentious. There are many political actors in the country that want to frame preferential procurement um, or even employment equity. Um, as something that will benefit very specifically, narrowly only black Africans and not Indians, uh, Indian South Africans and not colored South Africans. Can you tell us what in the Bee code, what the sort of distinctions are around uh, ethnicity um, and and what the historical context to that is?
1: I think, um, as I said at the beginning, that the... The mischief that the act is directed act is a discrimination against sections of the population by means of legislation and other, other um, institutions, as, as, as it were. Yeah. It is not only black people that had barriers le- legislated barriers against them um under apartheid yeah so the Indians as well the colored people as well as um the small minority of chinese people who um were resident in south africa so if you look at the, 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 the legislation um under apartheid you will find uh, that Indian colored and um, Chinese were also targeted as on the basis of their ethnicity um, to be discriminated in the same way as Africans were. of course, all of these were you know were varying in, in, in severity and, and, and yeah. intensity as, as it were so we couldn't then when we uh, were addressing that historical injustice. But to say, no, those who were less discriminated against relative to the others should be excluded. So because it was a, on a, the principle of treating all those who were discriminated and restoring their dignity and their rights to equality. That is the spirit of the, of, the, of the legislation. And I think it's really, I mean, you know, in the, in the bigger scheme of things, you know, those groups who are supposedly, you know, the, the cause of this concern are a minority. I mean, we do, we look at transactions, um, you know, in the commission, uh, you know, on a daily basis that come through. Um, we we find few Chinese, um, in fact, I, I don't recall in the time that I've been there dealing with any, any transaction in which... Uh, Chinese um, were uh, purported uh, beneficiaries as, as as it were. So, I think that will be a, a, a distraction which will not really help um, as it were. Yeah. The point is that all those who were by law, by law, and the emphasis is on the law and and, and the state um, machinery discriminated against who um, deserve redress. And we did, we did one law. We couldn't do a law for Chinese who were discriminated for Chinese or, against yeah. Chinese, or discrimination against Indians and that type of thing. So we did one law. Yes. Yeah. With, j- with, j- with the last intention of, of, of achieving equity for all those who yeah. were um, victims of, of, of discrimination, racial and ethnic discrimination.
0: Just lastly, there seems to be a prevailing sentiment as well, and maybe you can confirm or correct this for us, that Anybody who is non-white in South Africa can benefit uh, from the law and the policy, even if they're not a South African national. Seems like we have lost uh, Commissioner Matuma there. We're going to try and get him back on the line. To the question of of of, of Chinese, and, and the commissioner just told us now that he has actually seen very few to none of the transactions that come across their table, being that. Um, uh, that speaks very specifically to Chinese beneficiaries. But Chinese investors are seen as very aggressive uh, venture capitalists oftentimes, coming in with a lot of money, financial muscle, um, and hoping to be able to take advantage of BEE as a code, as a practice in various industries. We've seen that across South Africa. Something in particular that stands and holds is, or at least where it's prevalent, is in the mining sector. And that's sort of where our conversation had stemmed from the last time. Hume skulls uh, is also with us. How prevalent, Hume,
2: given hi, all evening, of the... Hi, to the listeners.
0: Yes, thank you so much for joining us. And given the context that the Commissioner has just given us, from your work and, 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 and your line of sight, just how prevalent is the attempt by Chinese investors to benefit, um, perhaps duly or unduly so, from B as a practice in a code.
2: Um, an important point was made by um, yourself and um, you asked the question of the commissioner just before he un- unfortunately dropped off. And that was, um, do, especially in the mining context, is it persons of, 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 of African ethnicity, of any country in Africa, or is it just South Africans or just Chinese South Africans that can benefit from BEE policy, so to speak. In the mining industry, it's definitely people of African ethnicity, including people of Chinese ethnicity, who can benefit from the restorative um, aspects of the MPOD Act, which is our, our mining legislation, and the mining charter. If you look Eth- at the ethnicity notwithstanding,
0: does that include them being South African nationals? Because you could be of any ethnicity. It's your nationality that really is the question of of, of legal standing. Um, can you draw that distinction for us?
2: For purposes of the of, of of the mining charter and for the MPRD Act, the Mineral and Petroleum Resources Development Act, the definition of historically disadvantaged person is a person or category. Of person discriminated against before our Constitution took effect so that would mean any person or category of person who would have been discriminated against under apartheid laws can qualify as a a historically disadvantaged person so in other words a national from Malawi a black person from from Lesotho a black person from Mozambique or a person from mainland China can qualify as a historically disadvantaged person under the MPRD Act and the Mining Charter. It's different for other BE laws in South Africa where the criterion is South African citizenship. For the um, mining law in South Africa, the criterion is not South African citizenship. That's the the differentiation.
0: But the jurisprudence thereof, uh, emanates very specifically from the Mining Charter and the Minerals Act. Am I, am I understanding that correct?
2: It's the Mineral and Petroleum Resources Development Act, um, um, which came into effect on 1 May 2004, and the Mining Charter gazetted under that act, which regulates BEE in the South African mining industry.
0: Right. Give us a call. Let's take a quick break. I'm taking your reactions. I'm taking your voice notes. I'm taking your text. Give me that call. 086-000-2032. 86 2032 I'm also taking your WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. We continue the show on the other side of this. Night Talk with Oliver Dixon. It is 20 minutes to the top of the hour, just about. you listening to Night Talk. My name is Oliver Dixon. Thank you so much for your time this evening. I really, really do appreciate it. I'm in conversation with uh, Hume Skulls as well as Tideos Omatuna, the BEE Commissioner. Um, before we went to, to, to that break, uh, we, we were speaking there, Commissioner, about various other legislative uh, pieces of legislation uh, within our jurisprudence of redress. Uh, that impacts and and, and accounts for redress that are sometimes sector-specific, such as um, in in, in the mining sector. Um, Do you think, Commissioner, that there is a need to streamline all legislations that speak to redress under the BE code, Or is it fine that the mining charter and the legislative policy discussions that happen there are very specifically and unique to that industry and whatever happens, I don't know, in the textiles industries, um, whatever happens in financial sector, uh, that those remain isolated um, and and it gives it it a level of specificity and agility, some may argue? Or do you think bringing it under one uh, 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 legislative framework uh, will give better oversight? uh but will also ensure uh um, consistency in application
1: um no i agree with that i agree with with uh, uh, you know the the the, the latter point you're making of um, <clears throat> harmonizing the the legislation and, and ensuring consistency of, of of applications of the of the principle absolutely that that that, that is what we we must we, we must with, without taking away from from the need, yeah, um, in uh, certain specific circumstances, to allow sector specific um, realities, you know, to 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 also influence how how uh, transformation happens, and there was a the whole idea of allowing the, the charters because they do allow a sector to. Within the within the boundaries of the, the legislation and and, and, and and its intentions, to to apply it as best fits the circumstances of a particular sector, as it, as it were. Um, so it's supposed to work like that. Yeah. Um, and 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 if you look at the act, it says that uh, should there be any conflict between the B BE Act and any other legislation. The BBB legislation would prevail.
0: Yeah, it, it, very specifically then to that qualifying criteria. Just before I lost you on the line, I had asked you the question whether or not, um, when we speak about uh, previously disadvantaged, when we speak about previously disadvantaged peoples, um, is it inclusive uh, of people who, as you had, had had described, who under the apartheid regime would have been disadvantaged despite the fact that they may or may not have been a South African national uh, during that period? Or is it exclusively for people of any ethnicity so long they be South African nationals?
1: No, 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 no. There's a a qualifier um, or a limitation of the application of that principle. It refers to those people who... Uh, lived in South Africa and therefore were south african citizens during apartheid um, so so anybody um, who <clears throat> after after that cut off point of three nine um, who who um, is, is not a south african citizen cannot cannot claim to have experienced um, a, a, a discrimination under apartheid to benefit no um, that that would be that, that would be um, against the the, the intent of the of, of the legislation. It'd a, it would be it 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 would flout the the, yeah. the, the, the intention. So there can never there can never be a Chinese who lends yeah from China uh, tomorrow and and avails themselves of um the 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 the, 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 the benefits um, in terms of the legislation. No, it, yeah. it it wouldn't work. Um. So if you look at at the act uh, and what we test um when we look at uh uh, black people who are uh, uh, or beneficiaries who are in a transaction that uh, you know it comes under the, the act, um, we 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 determine if those people us are South African citizens yeah. um, as it were. Um, that, that's that's the way it works.
0: Yeah, you your experience in mining spells a different reality. Uh, what do you make of that explanation by the commissioner versus what you experience? Seems like we may have lost Hume's goals. So let's see if we can try get him uh, back on the line there. Um, how often do you have to, Commissioner, deal with and settle or provide legal opinion um, on competing legislatures? That's to say, redressive pieces of legislature that seemingly are not harmonized with the BE, uh, With the uh, Broad-Based Black Economic Empowerment Act, um, such as, for instance, the mining charter speaking or the mining law speaking broadly and openly about dis- previously disadvantaged individuals that is inclusive of people who are non-South African nationals versus uh, what you described to be the spirit of the code um, and, and of course, the prevailing legislature then being should there be a dispute, the B. E. Uh, legislation
1: no that's a, that's a very uh, important part of our of the function we perform of um giving opinions and uh, providing clarifications um um and so you know um if if it arises in terms of the NPRDA, we, we will we will um, um uh, deal with it as as i've just explained we dealt with it for example in relation to the uh, procurement when when there was a judgement um around uh, around uh, the triple GFA yeah. um to <laughs> To, to to clarify that it 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 it, it, it was not a a what's the word um ex- extinguish the requirements um in terms of the legislation to 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 consider um you know B E um as it were it was a question of you know where the who has the power to determine you know what the criteria um yeah. should be as it were so we no absolutely we do it's a very important a function to my recollection, um, the, the, the the mining charter. Remember, the charters, um, for, in order for them to be to have legal force, um, need to be um, deserted by the Minister of Trade and Industry. And the Minister of Trade and Industry um, is a custodian of the, of, the, of the legislation, yeah. um, and so is empowered to determine what is acceptable. And uh, to my to my to my knowledge, um the mine mining charter has not yet been converted.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, under the BE Act.
0: And just lastly, a last theme I want to explore with you in the last minute that we have left is the idea of whether or not uh we can track the success and impact of Triple BEE. Um, are you able to give us any sort of idea around the numbers, the data around the impact of BE? How many beneficiaries uh, does BEF? Of course, you may not be able to track every single one of them, but as far and wide as you possibly can, because I'm asking this, because there's also a prevailing uh, perception in society, whether true or not, that all BEE has done is create a consolidated black millionaire elite.
1: Uh, so we've got various things. Um, so if you look at um, ownership, ownership, um, the, the the extent of black ownership um, in the economy, uh, on average, uh, currently stands at around 30, 30%. Um, and if you look at black ownership um, of uh, JSE-listed companies, and the number now, I think it's um, around about 400 uh listed companies um the the, the percentage of uh, black ownership um there um is around um three three percent um so it's still very much minuscule um, the overall conclusion is, is is that um transformation has not made the kind of progress that we had anticipated um there is still a long way to go. Um, to to uh, to achieve um, equity um, in 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 the economy, yeah. uh, the, majority, the majority of, of, of black people um, still do not participate uh, meaningfully, and and that's why the, the the economy is not growing because the economy is not drawing upon the talents of all citizens of the country.
0: Yeah. Commissioner, there's so much more I wanted us to discuss. And, of course, uh, we are limited on time, but I hope that we can have continuous installments of, of these sorts of conversations uh, to really get a grip of of the mechanics of, of, of our, our re- re- redress of uh, legislature uh, and its impact in society. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure. And any time, let's continue the conversation. Fantastic.